0: With a look back over the weekend sports action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Kyo. Yes,
1: it is full time on KCLR with myself, Sinead Keough. You're all very welcome to the show. Great to be back here again. Lots and lots coming up over the next hour. Lots of sport and action that happened over the weekend in both Carlo and Kilkenny. Uh, I'm going to be speaking to Greg Ballycallan, clubman and, Kil- and, um, and Kilkenny legend as well, Eddie Brennan. He's going to be giving us the lay of the land in the Kilkenny Club Championship. That's coming up in part two of the show. Uh, I'm also going to be speaking. Speaking to Brendan Hennessy as well and Bernard Horan, they'll be reflecting back over all the action in the Carlo Football Championship. I'll hear from Linda Kenny as well; she's the chairperson of Leinster Camogie, and we'll be talking about the double header coming up in Netwatch Cullen Park this coming Sunday. But uh, before we get into all of that, I'm now joined on the line by Glenmore and Kilkenny hurler Owen Murphy to chat about the new goalkeeping camp that's been held in Glenmore this weekend, Owen. you're very welcome to the show. How are you keeping?
2: Hi Sinead, thanks a million for having me on.
1: Not at all. Um, Owen, look, I, I, I heard about this camp a couple of weeks back and straight away I just thought it was a, an amazing initiative came up by yourself and uh, Colm Callanan from Galway. Uh, great to see like that there's a camp being established now that focuses specifically on the skills of of goalkeeping. How did the collaboration between the two of you come about?
2: Um, well I suppose we, we would have been on some trips abroad with the with the GA a couple of um, couple of years ago so we just struck up a friendship and um, you know we would have been bouncing some ideas off each other and I suppose different methods that he would have had in training and I had in training and different things and uh, yeah in, in fairness to Cullum it actually would have the idea would have stemmed from himself to be honest and he was on to me the last couple of years and obviously due to COVID we couldn't have it so this is a perfect opportunity this year we just felt there was massive appetite for it and um, yeah I suppose it's a little bit of a niche market you know um, any of the camps that are taking place they're quite broad they're more so catering for outfield players so you know we felt that we could I suppose lend some of the expertise that we've uh, and some of the knowledge that we've gained over the last couple of years that's really how it's come about Sinead
1: yeah, and on like you mentioned there that it is quite niche because most camps that you know I would have had experience of myself growing up, and most of us would have had experience of cater to quite a broad range of skills concerning the game of hurling. But this is kind of specifically focus on, focusing in on um, you know goalkeeping skills. Do you think that like the the position of goalkeeper is a lot more attractive to young people nowadays um, than maybe it would have been when you were growing up? Was it something that like you would have you would have benefited from do you think when you were growing up to have a camp uh, specifically just like training you and teaching you about the the skills of of goalkeeping?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, it's it's just to give the the players some ideas of what they can bring to training, and, and it's a little bit more difficult. It's it's not the case that they need a huge amount of equipment or any of these extravagant sort of um, devices. You know, the rebounders or anything like that. What what we'll be doing is quite simple. They can have you know it's it's between themselves and a, you know maybe another keeper or a partner, even a sibling or a coach. Um, you know that that's all they really need, and a couple of slavers then as well. So, like, we'll be going through um, a lot of, you know, match scenarios and, you know, a lot of the drills then as well. We'll start out with a very basic one once we sort of get used to that and stay excel at that. We, we'll give more um, advanced sort of scenarios and different things like that. But, um, yeah, look, it's it's. Uh, I certainly would have benefited from it. I would have loved to have gone to some of these. And, you know, I, I think I was quite lucky growing up. I got exposure to playing in the goal and, out the field so um and I do think the goalkeeping position has certainly evolved over the last couple of years. It's it's more so a sweeping role and you have to have a huge amount of comfort on the ball and be really comfortable from open play as well so and that's some of the things that we are going to bring into it but um look as I said Sinead it's, it's just ideas that keepers can bring back to their club that they can actually use even on their own time that if you want to practice some stuff and I think that's the big thing that you know they they, they want to have ideas and they want to you know these you know people nowadays young people in particular they they you know they want to have um you know, be overloaded with information and, uh, you know, with different ideas yeah, and things definitely. like that as well. So, yeah. like, when you're you're involved in sports, it's no different. You want to, uh, you, you know, anything at all that you can do to make yourself better, I think, um, you know, anybody who wants to go on to the next level will, will take any advantages at all.
1: Do you think Owen, like because it is a position that whole you know th- there's a lot of responsibility when you play in goal, but do you think that more people now are putting up their hands and volunteering for the goal? Like has that whole attitude around kind of shying away from playing in goal has that changed? Do you think?
2: Yeah, I do think so. Um, I think there's probably an openness from the coaches and, and managers that are involved as well that they do realise they need. Um, you know it's it's not the case anymore that you're putting somebody in the goal because they're not good enough to play out the field or anything like that. They're putting in a goalkeeper who's, you know, who's just as good as playing out the field or could play out the field just as easily as well. So um, I do think that sort of helps all around. Um, certainly, look, we we specifically went for the age groups between 15 and 18, Sinead, simply because, you know, we, we feel that that's sort of around the age where goalkeepers are, are, are sorry, players are, you know, they sort of redefine where they're playing, yeah. they define where they're playing, and you know the position on the field. So whether they're a back or forward or a goalkeeper, full back, cornerback, whatever. So you know we we just think at that age group that's where. They'll, um, you know, be veering to one position. Hence why why we've just maybe, I suppose, narrowed it down to the fifteen and eighteen year olds.
1: And that's actually something else I was going to ask you as well. Uh, On like, is it open to players who have already like maybe established themselves in a certain position, but are now kind of thinking, you know what, I wouldn't mind giving uh, the the goal a bit of a go, uh, or is it specifically for um, people that have already established themselves in goal?
2: No, not necessarily. It's anybody who you know, they may have some discussions with coaches or whoever it is about um, about them having a change of position and going back into the goal. So again, right, okay. this is just something where they can actually think of, you know, using the drills that we'll be doing on the morning and the afternoon as well. So, um, you know, we're not purely just going down the goalkeeping route. It is uh, I do know we have a couple of players from, from my own club in Glenmore that play a small bit in the goal and out the field as well. So it's just to give them ideas. So, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's where we're coming from, Sinead. It's, it's not, um, you know, tailored just for goalkeepers.
1: And Owen, how did you end up in goal? Like, is it a position that you kind of set out to conquer or did it happen more organically?
2: Um, look, I, I, I didn't, you know, think of as a maybe 13 and 14-year-old that I wanted to... Uh, You know, I wanted to play as a goalkeeper, to be honest with you. I had a. I suppose maybe a lot of arguments Twitter with my coach Nettie Elward back when I was young, but Nettie in fairness, he was one of the first people who always said that you needed to have a good hurler in the goal, and that's what he said I was so look i, I took a bit of um, you know took a bit of confidence in that then as well that he trusted my hurling ability and um you know so yeah look and i, I was much more involved I know I, was, I started taking the freeze and stuff like that back then as well, so um even though I was playing in the goal I had a little bit bit more involvement in things but no it wasn't it wasn't until I was maybe 21 or 2 in Kenny that um, you know I was sort of yeah it was decided that I was going to be you know training more so as a goalkeeper rather rather than an outfield player but in fairness to Brian and the management team at the time they they brought me in and they just said look they're going to have an open mind and see how things develop and um, you know obviously you know PJ Ryan I suppose was um he was coming to retirement at that stage and, you know, David Hersey needed, um, you know, a backup. So that's that's where I came in. And it's that's really interesting. Scary,
1: yeah, that's really yeah, interesting yeah. and I think it's very encouraging as well for any young lads or any young girls out there now that haven't quite quite found their position to know that, you know, you might come to a position a little bit later into your Harlan or your Camogie career. Like like you were saying there, really it was only uh, around age 20 that you decided that you're, you're going to be, um, or well, not that you decided, but you were kind of encouraged into that position. So yeah, no, that's great to hear.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, and I think, you know, um, having a child, whether it's a boy or a girl or whatever, you know, uh, deciding at 12 and 13 that they are going to be a goalkeeper for the rest of your life, you know, I think it's probably a little bit unfair and, you know, if you ever listen to, you know, any of the webinars that Martin Fogarty has, he will recommend to coaches and he'll advise them that, you know, they need to have... Um Exposure to every position. It's getting them used to it. it's making them a more rounded hurler or camogie player. But it's also, you know, the, the players out of the field that might do a little bit giving out about a keeper if, you know, if there's a mistake happening. And I think it gives them a better understanding of the position and how hard it is as well. So, like, I, I do think it's until you come to the age, maybe, you know, um per the age group that we're sort of um, you know keeping the camp to 15 to 18 year olds I think that's when you know you should be deciding what position they're really playing Um, so yeah look I think uh, 12 and 13 is a little bit too young in my eyes
1: yeah, um, and on look, I'm, I'll 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 um, I'll be letting you go now very shortly. But I just do want to get all the information in just before I do let you go. So it's happening this uh, this weekend in Glenmore. Is there still mm-hmm. a, spaces available?
2: Yeah, there is um, a few spots available. It, it's limited enough. Now we opened it up about um, about ten days ago. Now Sinead. but look, if are anyone, um, you know, if they want to. I suppose uh make an interest in the camp and attending it. Uh they can text me on the number if if you want I can give it out there. Yeah, go ahead for your 87 Yeah, 3271 Just text on the child's age, their their club and their age and uh yeah, look as I said the spaces are taken up uh yeah there there's it's limited space at the moment but we'll see if we can cater for them. it's going to be only the one day so with, stuff. with our you know, uh, playing matches and stuff ourselves. You know, the times that we can do it is quite limited as well. So we want to try
1: cater for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be putting the um, podcast of this show up just after seven o'clock. So we'll put all those details up there as well, and just remind people of that number um, and right. how they can they can get their their spot on that camp. But but as a, as you were saying there, there, there are only limited spots available. Just before I let you go there, um, uh, Owen, oh, no, I just I'm going to be speaking to Eddie Brennan now in a in a few minutes' time, just about the club championship and Glenn Moore mm-hmm. returned to senior hurling uh, this year for the first time in 17 years. Um, yeah. Would you overall, would you uh, like you retained your senior status this year? Would you see it as a positive year, or what's your kind of assessment of it?
2: Yeah, a little bit of a mixed bag to be honest, you know, because we had some very good results and then some not so good results, I suppose, you know, and, and two ones that um, stick out there. Look, obviously the Hale game and and then as well, where it was a real eye-opener to the standard that, you know, that we need to get to, um, even physically. And I suppose the way that you set up in games and stuff like that then as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, so look, I suppose... Um, You know, some of the games then as well, they, you know, went right down to the wire, I suppose, against Bennett's Bridge and O'Lachlan. And there was really only one score in the end. And, yes, uh, you know, look, it it was my first year playing senior club. I've never played that. So, yeah. yeah it's it's uh, certainly uh, you know something that's been ticked off the box anyway because it was something that my older brothers had over me they always said well listen you never played senior club for Glenmore so at least I can say that now but uh, and, and we'll say it again next year we have a lot of young players coming through so um, it is exciting times for the club but that's that's the level that you want to be playing at you want to be playing Ballyhale you want to be playing you know the village who are in the final uh, Tullerone who who are playing Ballyhale this weekend they're the top teams in the county so mm-hmm. um, um, yeah that's where we want to pitch ourselves
1: yeah brilliant and uh, yeah, plenty to build on as well and uh, Rome wasn't built in a day as they say so uh, <laughs> pl- plenty yeah. plenty of time to, to build on on the work that has been done this year but listen best of yeah. luck with the camp uh, this weekend yeah. on. and uh, anyone if you want to get details more information on that you'll find it on Glenmore GAA clubs uh, Instagram page Facebook um, and I think it's on your own Twitter uh, your own Twitter page there as well on. and we'll be putting Instagram. it up uh, on the website as well so thanks so much for that on and we'll we'll yeah, chat thanks, to you again
2: yeah. soon Yes absolutely Sinead just one more thing actually we do have these scenarios coming the weekend as well so as everybody knows she's the Keykenny senior camogie keeper so yeah she'll be doing the coaching with the camogie girls that are coming so like we are catering for everyone within that age group and yeah so look hopefully we get good weather first.
1: Brilliant stuff thanks a million for that Owen we'll chat to you again soon
2: Thanks, Sinead.
1: Thank care. you. Uh, that was Owen Murphy there, of course. Uh, Glenmore Hurler and uh, Kilkenny goalkeeper as well uh, chatting to us about the goalkeeping, uh, the goalkeeping um, coaching course that's happening now this weekend in, in Glenmore GAA Club. We're going to take a really quick ad break now. Coming up after the break, I'm going to be speaking to Eddie Brennan
0: on KCLR for thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie full time on KCLOR. for thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny lahartsskoda.ie Welcome back to full time with myself Sinead Kyo.
1: Now there is lots of action this weekend in the Kilkenny Club Championship. Bally hails off Clara in the quarter final. Meanwhile, the village secured their place in the senior final while Greg Ballycallen held on to their senior status after getting the better of Liz Downey. Uh, here to discuss that and more is Kilkenny legend and Greg Greg Ballycallen uh, club man Eddie Brennan. Eddie joins me on the line now. I mentioned there your own Greg Ballycallen. Uh, Managed to escape relegation so I'd say you're a very relieved man today yes yeah,
3: sure, it's relief um, yeah, like anything you kind of, um, we, we spent five years trying to get back up to, to senior there after we dropped in 2013 so I think the, the key is that if, you're, if you're about developments development and staying in, in the best competition you're either going to improve you want to stay senior and uh, so the, the, the overriding emotion is obviously relief you want to stay up but but obviously, the key to it is that you progress when you kick on and it on say to yourself, "Well, we can't do, what we did this year and it up there again." That you know you want to, to be more competitive and to kind of, uh, I think, the first two or three years when you get up to senior, it's about holding your own, and then after that, you have to progress and be ambitious. So uh, look, hopefully, the, from a player's perspective, you know they look at it and, and, and learn from this year and. and I can take ownership of where they want to go and forward.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mentioned there as well, the villagers through to a county final. Uh, they've certainly come a long way, Eddie, since finding themselves in their relegation semi-final only a couple of weeks ago.
3: Yeah, they sure have it. I was watching them this year, and they've played their own nets and, and like for for long periods of that match in the first half. You know, James Stevens, they're, they're, they're shooting, at him down, and and there was an opportunity there for our lads. But you know, I think I think it's one thing that that kind of James Stevens always have, and <laughs> you kind of grudgingly admire it when you're when you're not involved in their club, obviously. But they ha- they have a they have a little bit of tradition there that that they always believe they are good enough to get to a county final. I think it's not, it's not the thing too is. A bit of momentum. They've they, they built a bit of momentum, having you know beaten the Downey you know comfortably enough. In the end, they've they've kicked on there, and you know I think once they face into you know a city rival, they're certainly not going to they're, they're not going to fear them like. And uh, you know, they're, 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 they're close, you're to just breaking like that, up
1: a just breaking up a tiny bit there. Um, on a city, they
3: yeah, were close to beating.
1: I think we're after losing Eddie there. We'll just try to get him back up on the line now. Just before we do that, we're just going to play out some audio here. Just from uh, Paddo Flynn there. He's the Palatine manager, of course. They had a two-point victory over Tin Ryland yesterday. So he caught up with our own Brendan Hennessy uh, after that game. And here's what he had to say.
3: How do we always want Kilkenny fellas coming to Carrollot? They give her all hurlers a dig out, but Kilkenny fellas giving footballers a dig out. But listen, you're from a great part of the world, Muckalee, and now you're a
4: legend in Palatine forever. Well done. a uh, uh, legend is a very strong word. Uh, I think in fairness to Jason Kane, he, he mentioned some more apt people for that that, that status. Uh, I, I think I've said this to you before. I'm only captain of the ship, like it's you no. Know, I have a huge backroom team there in Carmock, in uh, Podwyer, in Noel, in Killian, in in. In, in Billy, like they really believed in the project. Like back last April, when we um, went out to Jenkinsham Woods, just up the road from your own house, like there's twenty odd fellas ran up and down with the army, you know, manoeuvre guys. They believed in each other, and you know, like those guys, I, I don't think they got the credit they deserved. Like like Palatine's a wonderful club. I'm so so proud to be part of that club now, having won that county title because they stand for everything that is good in GA. Their members are absolutely outstanding. They believe in the principles of attacking hard-hitting football and that's what we went out and did today and and like you know Jason and Jack you know day late from the front Joshua Egan barely 18 years of age I think someone said he was 18 a couple of yeah, days ago last year, yeah. yeah like he like he went at the heart of them in the first 20 minutes like and like when you see lads going like that you, you just know like Tin Ryland are some club they have some amount of you know uh, ex inter county players there we always knew they were going to come at it probably you know descending off you know it meant we had to go a little more defensive than I wanted to but I knew at the end that we'd have the legs to get us across the line, and you know when Conor Crowley got the ball down there, I was praying for John Murphy to blow it up. But in fairness, Crowley got a free ball over the bar, and was you got, he, he was absolutely. The man of the out, match he trying, got, yeah, he was absolutely outstanding, and in fairness to all the players, they absolutely ran themselves to the ground. But I'd like to actually also dedicate we 39 lads talked out yeah. today, the hard work they put in early on, dear, when we had injuries and all that. It's 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 phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, and like you know. You know, into the Leinster Championship—that's some place to be. Uh, I know what the lads are going to absolutely relish the next 24, 48 hours, and like it's—it's—it's it's, it's just brilliant. It's brilliant to see what it means to them and to the people of Palatine. It means a lot to you. I remember on your first interview with me, you said, "Brendan, no one remembers who wins a league match. Do you remember who wins the county final, Paddo? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> in, in fairness, I kind of knew. I kind of knew we played a challenge match against St Pat's two or three weeks before before St Pat's. had all two or three weeks before the championship, and I just—I went back to my local pub. That that night to Cave Bar and I was actually sitting down there at the counter talking to a few friends of mine and I actually said to them to, to Noel Darcy and Paul Maher and Ollie Welch, I said, I think I think we could win the county final if we get over Rangers. And they kinda looked at me and even my brother in law kinda said it to me the following day, Are you half crazy? Turns out they weren't they all went off and back to the fourteenth to so they
3: did so. so you have it. So the drinks are free in the cave bar tonight, or maybe you won't be home tonight
4: I I reckon you'll be back in Muckalee in a month's <laughs> time Ah <laughs> uh, well look look, it's it's just it's just brilliant and and you know what? It's just absolutely brilliant after being through COVID for the last two years, you know what, we'll celebrate this and, and, and enjoy every minute of it because that's what playing football is all about, it's about enjoying each other's company enjoying the game, playing it on the front foot uh, football isn't about computers football's not about stats, football's not about videos or analysis, it's about playing with your heart and playing what you're good at and that's what Palatine did today and that's why we're county champions and nobody can tell us any differently.
3: Well, well done on that and before I do let you go the uh, television cameras will be here now the Wicklow champions and the Carlow champions so- not only will you be uh, the banished door here, looking after Palatine like you've done during the championship, but you'll be like Brian Cody standing in the line. We'll be looking at there's Pat Flynn from Muckalee with Palatine of Carlow. The cameras are coming to Wicklow champions on the twenty second, which is a
4: few weeks away. You'll enjoy this week, Padon, and I'm sure you'll prepare well for the Leinster championship. Yeah, look, that's a whole new ball game for us all. Uh, I know Palatine haven't won, as far as I'm told, a, a Leinster championship game. So look, that's if they want to be considered one of the greatest or the greatest team ever to come out with Palatine, it's very simple. We need to win that sixty minutes. But let's just enjoy this now for the next few days. Okay, we're well going to enjoy it. Thanks a million. Well done. Thanks very much, Brendan. Come on. Hello, buddy. Well done. Well done.
0: Rocktober on KCL kindly brought to you today by daybreak, Greg Namana, your local friendly supermarket, deli and service station. Full time on KCLOR. or, thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny. Skoda.ie Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead
1: Kyo. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get uh, Eddie Brennan back on the line there. Uh, Unfortunately, his line just wasn't playing ball with us. Uh, So we will definitely be speaking to Eddie Brennan uh, a little bit, um, maybe further down the line, maybe next week or the week after to catch up with him. Again, always good catching up with Eddie Brennan. Uh, Just before I go any further as well, I do want to wish all the best uh, just to everyone taking part in the the Carlo football um, minor championship uh, there's two big games in Netwatch Cullen Park tonight Tin Rylan versus St. Patrick's in Division 2 football final uh, that was at half past 6 and that's going to be followed by St. Martins and Era Og from 8 o'clock um, and then in the training centre in Fena, the Division 2 B final takes place at 7 between Clonmore and town Gales with a Division 1 B final starting at half past 7 between Aska and Ratville. and uh, now, I am joined on the line now, uh, speaking all things Carlo, I am joined on the line now by Bernard Horahan. Uh, he was calling those games first uh, in the Carlo Football Championship over the weekend along with Brendan Hennessy. And as I said, I am joined on the line now by Bernard. How are you keeping, Bernard?
5: Brilliant, thank God, how are you?
1: Good, not too bad, Uh, some great games there over the weekend I know that you were uh, calling both of them with Brendan Tennessee Uh, I was tuning in there to the senior game just before we get on to the intermediate I was tuning in to the senior game yesterday Um, slow start Bernard but uh, the last 15 minutes was box office stuff it has to be said
5: yeah, in fairness we spoke at half time, we said "When Brendan we felt that Tin Ryland only scoring three points up until half time, like they had to come out and uh let the shackles off I suppose and go away from the structured defensive game that we played all year. And uh, at half time they were behind, like they're only three points in the ball for Paddington had two goals and four points at that stage and Paddlington were probably in cruising mode, they were seven points up. But the sports Tin Island were slow at the start in the second half and the last fifteen minutes, then they got a goal from a forty-five. It went in. Then Cormac got toolboxed in one, and it kind of it went from there. Paul Broderick very difficult free towards the end underneath the stand on the right hand side to kind of level the game massive pressure kick even though he scored many similar ones during his career for Carlow as a senior footballer this was a massive kick for him unfortunately he went to the near post and wide with it so that um, left Palantine one point up and so sure, then Conor Crowley went down the field and got the score for Palantine, and, and that gave him the two point cushion but the last 15 minutes you couldn't write what happened to be honest and uh, Palantine, better team on there, day and, and rightly deserved winner
1: yeah, and like I know that you were quite critical, uh, Bernard, as well of their style of play. You know, because seen as though in the in the semi final as well, and they're playing Mount Leinster Rangers. Of course, they we we all remember there was no score from uh, Tin Ryland at half time. Did you expect in the county final that they would play more attacking
0: football?
5: No, look, in fairness, in I wouldn't say I was critical. Like, as a manager of managing teams myself over the years, you're kind of amazed with what managers come up with and you have to study what they're doing and different things and you have to give Stephen and his backroom team credit. Like, it, it worked for them. They got to a county final and if you were to sit down with them at the start of the year and say, listen, we're going to go a bit defensive here and we're going to get to a county final, I think everyone in tonight Ryland would be quite happy to get there. But, like, they did put up some decent scores going through. Like, in, in one of the group games, they put up 3-12. Again, Bandler-B uh, points so I know Barnabas were relegated but they did get some decent scores going through but Palantine just seemed to be on fire something just kicked with them earlier on in the championship like again the county champions at Philly they they massed up four goals and 11 points a massive score again the county champions so something just switched with Palantine, and they just the ball just kept rolling and and they gathered momentum as they went and that's why their county uh, finalists yesterday and that's why they won
1: and Bernard, like just looking back as well there on the the game against Mount Leinster Rangers, like as we were saying there, it was three points to no score uh, in the first half. But that's only three points. It's not as much of a mountain to climb as you know uh, where Tin Rylan found themselves there yesterday, where there were seven points down. It was just a little bit too much, I think, wasn't it?
5: Yeah. Look, I suppose if the score had been at halftime in the semi final Oh, Leinster Rangers, 10 points. Tin Ryland 7 points. There wouldn't have been as much talk. But the fact that Tinner got no score on the board, I think that's where people started talking among themselves. What's happening or what's going on? I suppose, from a manager's point of view... It's only three points, so you're quite happy to go in three points down, regardless of not scoring, I suppose. I probably wouldn't be happy if I was over the team. They did create chances on the day, again, against the Rangers. It wasn't that they were ultra-defensive. Uh, there could have been three points all going in, but it's still low scoring. And, you know, if it get results, and I said, like people sitting watching it, it's not easy to watch. But, again, it's a system that worked from St. And they were very happy to, to continue that up until maybe the last 15, 20 minutes of yesterday's game.
1: Do you think the last 15-20 minutes uh, made up for what we had seen prior to that, Bernard?
5: Ah, look, in fairness, it was, it was amazing. At one stage there, um, we were just looking down and we'd you know we have a great view from where you're doing the radio. But Cottle Gaffney had actually played midfield, who's the goalie. He actually played midfield for the last 15 minutes, which was amazing. And Cormac Walsh, the number 11, just went back in full back and he covered the goal and he'd done the kickouts and all. So, a massive thinking behind the concept of how Tim Ryland played, and again, I'd be intrigued with that—is how they come up with these ideas and all. And I seen him looking at his laptop at half time, and you know, they're really detailing and analysing the game in in massive depth that a lot of people wouldn't understand. But that's the way it's gone. Inter county teams are moving that way. It's systematic. It's all part of the the greater plan. But just some teams is more effective ad you have to have a plan B and a plan C when you are playing like that and um, I suppose Finn Ryland with 15 minutes to go to the Kitchen Sink ad and played football and almost pulled it off in fairness
1: Yeah and do you think maybe Bernard that was all part of the plan because we saw something similar in the semi-final against Mount Leinster Rangers as well just to go hell for leather in that last quarter
5: yeah, look, Paul Broderick was absolutely massive in the semi-final. He scored 1-3 and he set up a fantastic goal. They caught Montenegro Rangers on the break and Paddy Regan on the back post tapped it in. But, you know, they're neighbours. Tynor and Palentine are neighbours, so they would have been studying each other a lot. You know, they'd, they'd know each other from schools locally, they'd probably some of them married into each other, Their cousins related to each other on the team, they're passing each other in the back roads every day of the week. So they'd know each other's form inside out. And when Paul Broderick came in, um, they knew exactly what Paul was about so they're the, the trying to silence him a little bit there by trying to ruffle him up and, and you know nothing major or anything happened but you know they let him know he was coming into a county final and um, they had their homework done and Paul didn't get the freedom he did against Mount Rangers and that was probably they were hoping that he, he would lift the team and uh, he did lift the team but just they didn't get over the line as I said they scored 1-3 in the second half to Nryland and Panerthine only scored um, four points so to actually won the second half if it were to go that way about it. But Mm -hmm. it just wasn't enough on the day. And did they leave it too late? That's the million dollar question.
1: Yeah, and still though, huge credit. I know we've been talking a lot there about uh, Tin Ryland, but huge credit to the winners, the eventual winners, Palatine. Um, And I I was just looking at some of the photographs there today, Bernard, as well. The the scenes there in Netwatch Cullen Park yesterday was unbelievable. It's always such an amazing uh, occasion, isn't it? Uh, County Final Day.
5: Ah, look it's great to stay back behind like, I know like most people from other clubs would leave the grounds probably during the presentation you're left with your, your loyal supporters but there was a massive crowd on the pitch from Palantine and you have to give everyone credit for that and all and young and a, a mixture of everyone it was fantastic for the village out there but like, you have to give credit to the Palantine forwards. like um, Conor Crowley was absolutely fabulous so he was he was amazing and Shane O'Neill from centre forward he orchestrated a lot and then that young Joshua Egan he's only turned 18 in full form. Forward. Like he absolutely terrorised in, in the first 20 minutes so there were a lot of young players coming through um, Jason Kane as well in midfield Finbar Kavanaugh I had him under 20s there you know absolutely dedicated people to the cause and the interview you done with Pado earlier on there like something just clicked with them during the year and that can happen with teams they just cross the white line and they decide listen we're, we're going to try and push and do that do you know what I mean and, and credit to them they were the better team yesterday and fair play and congratulations
1: yeah, and Bernard, I do want to mention the intermediate final as well because I know you were also on uh, commentary with uh, with Brendan there on Saturday. Uh, were you expecting such an emphatic win for Fenne there, Bernard?
5: I wasn't, to be honest, because uh, Michael had been in the, the final last year against their and, you know, we thought did kick kick on from that. Um, plenty of experience in, in the Michael team, but just, I suppose, Fenner for me, just had a golden spell 10 minutes before half-time. And they clocked in 1 4 um, at that stage. And that gave him a massive lead at half time. So it was one ten 10 to 5 points. So there were eight points up at half time. And again, it's a long, long way back. You know, Myshall were trying to go direct into John Michael Nolan. He's a big, strong man, plenty of experience. But it just, the backs were exceptional. And they just kept breaking down Myshall every time they went on the attack. But for me, Jack Tracy was outstanding in full forward for Fenner. His vision when he has the ball, and he's just looking for that little small pass in, little pop pass in, and it was amazing to see. Uh, Dylan Bradley, corner forward, was absolutely brilliant. As uh, Keelan Bradley in midfield was fantastic as well. Just his work rate was phenomenal. But the the thing with me is that most of the teams, four of the teams in the senior final that played this year, there's only a handful of players playing senior football. And I think... That should be really, really looked at now by the management and the county board and try and encourage more people in because there was absolutely a fantastic display of mm-hmm. both intermediate and senior in the semi finals and the finals. And there's plenty of players out there that should say, listen, I want to give it a go because myself being involved with the minors and under 20s for the last couple of years with the county board, there is no stone left unturned. There's a massive resources there uh, and they're involved with. Uh, the university now in Carlow as well, and it's great that they have the backing of all those. So, people, the club should be encouraging everyone to go in definitely and see can we push on and get out of Division 4 and try and push on because we are better than where we are.
1: Yeah, and I was astonished when I heard that uh, yesterday. I heard Brendan saying that on the commentary yesterday, and I, I was really amazed to hear that. Uh, it'll, de- it'll definitely give Niall Crew, I'm sure he was in the stands there yesterday, it'll definitely give him food for thought.
5: Yeah, look. I I hope that they do go and see them and approach them, and I'm sure they will. But you know, as a Carlo man, it'd be great to see. There was some fantastic individual displays on over the weekend, both at intermediate and senior level. And as I said the semi-finals were of a high standard too. So there definitely is a core of players there that you know hopefully they commit to the cause, and and Carlo can push on in general.
1: Yeah, and how would you assess the Carlo Championship overall? Do, do you reckon it's it's been a good year, um, Bernard? Like, has the split season uh, been a good thing in your view? I know it's still in its infancy, but from what you've from it, what you've it, seen,
5: uh, look at it. No matter what way it is, you have to support it, but personally. And this is my own personal view I'd like the two weeks on and two weeks off I'd like the Hurling on for two weeks and then the football on for two weeks that's what I'd like personally um, it's not up to me but I think it would work hand in hand you have Sam Mullins at the minute there in, in the Leinster first round of the Hurling and they're probably could be eight or nine weeks I think before they'll play um, after winning the Carlo Championship something similar happened with Mount Leinster Rangers last year and you know vice versa you can kind of lose the momentum a little bit I'd feel as a manager but again it's not for me to decide but um, I think the week on week off would definitely work I think it would be much better
1: yeah well listen thanks very much for joining us on full time today Bernard nice chatting to you and well done great commentary yesterday yourself and uh, and Brendan always keeping us entertained on the airwaves so thanks a million for that and luck. we'll be chatting to you again soon
5: that's no problem. Have a nice evening. Thanks, thanks, thanks a Thank million.
1: Uh, that was uh, Bernard Horan there uh, talking about all the action in the Carlo Football Championship over the weekend. Going to take a quick ad break now. Coming up after the break, I'm going to be speaking to Lin- Linda Kehling about all things Carlo Camogie. So do stay tuned for that.
0: Full time on KCLR. Thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahard's, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny. Full-time on KCLR. For thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, The home of Skoda in Kilkenny. Welcome back to Full Time with myself,
1: Sinead Kyo. Now, this weekend sees a double heather of camogie action at Carlo GAA HQ as Mount Leinster Rangers take on Burn Rangers in the junior final and Nave Breed take on Michel in the senior decider. Uh, Joining me now to talk through those ties is Leinster camogie chair, Linda Kenny. Linda, you're very welcome to the show. How are you keeping? Not too bad, Sinead. Good. Um, Linda, as I was saying, there are two big matches up for the Cider now in uh, Netwatch Cullen Park this weekend. Uh, the first one is the junior final. As I said, they're between Mount Leinster Rangers and Byrne Rangers. How do you see that one going? Um,
6: look, I suppose, um, Sinead, they're the two-form teams from the junior championship. They met in the league final back from part of June. And it was a, a narrow victory for Bourne Rangers on that occasion. But I would think that both teams have added to their panel since then, in particular the Mount Lentz Rangers. And I think we should be in for a very entertaining game. Look, Bourne Rangers is my club, so I suppose I couldn't really say anything other than a Bourne Rangers win. But I think Mount Leinster Rangers will seriously push them to the limits here on this um they have some very calibre players in their ranks now as they come to the knockout stages of the competition and the finals. so... I
1: think it will be very close. Yeah, and it's great to see that uh, both those games uh, are being held in, as I said, Carlo HQ as well in Netwatch Cullen Park. Um, and that you have the junior final and the senior final being played out on the, the same day. Uh, all of it is just everything um, there that I've just mentioned. It's all just great, I think, for the commo- the promotion of Camogie and Carlo, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And look, we're
6: very indebted to Carlo GA for giving us this opportunity. To play our finals in Dr. in Netwatch Cullen Park. Sorry, uh, I keep saying not, uh, Dr. Cullen, but it's in Netwatch Cullen Park. Ah no, that's Park. all right. We're
1: all we're all getting the hang of that one, Linda. Don't yeah. worry.
6: Yeah, no, it's great. We haven't had a final in there since 2016, and I think all clubs were really, really pushing for that. Uh, we've had a very, very strong working relationship this year with Carlo GA, and I suppose it is falling nicely. The date, our date, fell nicely in that the four football finals finished yesterday. Uh, I suppose if we were still at football knockout stages, it might be different. But I think Carlo GA have been very accommodating to the female sport in the county this year. And they have walked with both LGFA and Camoge to ensure that our showcase days were in Netwatch Cullen Park. So, look, we're appealing for the support now of the public of Carlo. Not just the four participating clubs, but for everybody who have been talking. We need Harold Games and Doctor Cullen Parker in watch Cullen Parker in the stadium to get to, net, to get to the venue on on Sunday and support the teams. I know we're gonna have two great finals, so there's no reason why we can't have the crowds that was in there at football finals over the weekend.
1: Yeah, and you would hope, Linda, that, uh, you know, the venue itself, uh, it being such an iconic venue, like I said there, the uh, HQ of Carlo GAA, that that in and of itself will draw a big crowd.
6: Yeah, you'd you'd hope so. Uh, Look, we've been very, very grateful to Carlo IT for their venue over the last number of years for their finals. We've a great partnership with Carlo IT and the South East Campus. We've used that for training our county teams. And in a way, you know, the atmosphere does be electric in Carlo IT because it's a smaller venue. Um, so really, we need the bigger crowd on this occasion to create an atmosphere. But on the day, we have plans to bring in under eight and under 10 girls from across the four participating clubs, which should, which should add greatly to the atmosphere. Great opportunity for all those young girls to play in that Watchcullen Park and to look up to the the stars or the Future in their clubs, so it's very important, and that will be a key aspect, obviously on on, on Sunday afternoon as well, and it's yeah. important. Mm-hmm. It is very important that we attract attendance on this occasion, you know.
1: Yeah, and um, I, I, I spoke to you there a second ago just about the junior decider. Just looking to the senior final then, Nave Breed and Michael. As we know, as we have spoke about many, many times before, Michael being a very dominant in uh, in, in Carlo uh, Camoghi over the years. But do you envision that maybe Nave Breed can cause an upset?
6: It's not impossible. When they met earlier in the round stages, it was a draw. I actually attended that game and Michel were ahead by six points when I left the game with maybe three or four minutes to go. And as I arrived home, I heard the match was a draw. So, you know, anything is anything is possible on any given day. As we've seen at many games over the weekend and during the year, I, I do think Mishael have a very, very strong centre of their team. Uh, while their panel is uh, reduced this year with injuries and retirements, um, they are certainly still very strong up the centre. And But look, Lee Breed have very, very strong players. They have uh, put in a huge effort this year, and I think it won't be for the want of a trying. And one thing I would notice about Lee Breed on this year in particular is that they have a very much different style, and they're attacking more. were inclined to be a little bit defensive and maybe that will be maybe that will be what could change this county final for me, breed
1: uh, just very quickly before I let you go, uh, Linda, as well, just something I wanted to get your, your thoughts or your opinions on. Uh, we've been having this conversation for a long time about the integration of the LGFA, the Camogie Association and the GAA. Um, and just last week, their uh, former president, Mary McAleese, was appointed as an independent integration chairperson. Uh, do you think we're edging one step closer uh, closer towards establishing that merger between the three associations?
6: Yes, absolutely, and I think that appointment was a very positive step forward. Uh, I think the fact that she's female as well is um, mm-hmm. is something that's very attractive. I think for the, for both mortgage association and LGFA, I think um, we are somewhat we are somewhat away from it. I'm not going to tell anyone it's going to happen in the next year or two years. It's a bit away, but I think we have certainly made some strides at county and a provincial level this year with more meetings happening between our male and female counterparts and the three units, the LGFA, Camogli and GA. Yeah. And I think it was a very positive. Definitely. It put out a big stall, mm-hmm. you know, with Mary Markley's appointment. And I know certainly yeah. from a Camogli perspective, uh, we're very empowered Mm -hmm. by that appointment and really looking forward to see where this can bring the Camogie
1: Association and the the GA. As are we all. Yeah, no, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Thanks so much. And listen, Linda, thanks so much for joining us on Full Time today. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for. Uh, But thank you so much and really looking forward to those matches there in uh, Cullen Park at the weekend. That's all we have time for. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Shannon Redmond is up next for Fully Loaded. Uh, I'll chat to you again next week for Full Time
0: full-time on KCL or for thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie